So was it like a 2G versus 5G kind of thing or something like that? Hey there, freaks, geeks, and everyone in between. Welcome to another episode of Wake and Jake. I'm here today with Greg from The Bars Open with Beth and Greg. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you having me on your first episode. I'm super pumped about this. I appreciate it again. Um, I've, like my wife and I have been a long time, you know, ghost kind of geek type of people that this episode I think will really kind of like I hope I'll be able to share some cool shit with you so thank you again yeah absolutely yeah man. yeah no thanks for being here with me um I, this episode was actually supposed to come out last night as a live episode but we're doing it as a premiere on Halloween so thanks for sitting back with me and helping me get everything going with this um it's been quite of an adventure of so let's get into this you got it all right cool all right, so um, I live here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and as a lot of people don't know, we actually have a really rich history with hauntings here in New Mexico and in Albuquerque in general, like Albuquerque and Santa Fe area are probably two of the most haunted places in the country. Um, and it's mainly because Albuquerque, I think, or Santa Fe is the second oldest settlement in the whole continental United States because it's St. Augustine, Florida, and then they settled Santa Fe right after. And yeah, so... Um, Albuquerque was settled in 1706. Um, they built the San Felipe de Neri church here in Albuquerque and that area is still around. It's, we lovingly call it old town Albuquerque, but it is probably the scariest part of fucking Albuquerque aside from, you know, like junkies. Is it on- like that creepy? Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Like you walk through it and like, it's still all the Hacienda style buildings and all that. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know, like when you walk through the floors, everything creaks and the, the buildings are all over 300 years old. So it, it's something else being down there and it's a real big tourist area now. So that's kind of OK. Right on. Yeah, no, that's kind of where a lot of the stories stem from, because we have this tour down there. Um, it's two of New Mexico's most popular paranormal experts that do this. And it's the Old Town Ghost Tour. And one of the most predominant spots on this is the. San Fel- um, sorry, the Our Lady of Guadalupe Chapel, which is kind of like the old wedding chapel for the city. And okay. there's an apparition there that they call the Lady in Black. And these guys are absolutely terrified of, of her because she has actually appeared to them. There is video footage of her. There is pictures of her. There's pictures of her. Is there, I'm looking it up right now, dude. I'm I, I'm I'm super I geek out on shit like this. Like my wife got me totally addicted to um like ghost adventures, ghost hunters, like all that stuff. We we've gone to several like old creepy hotels. Have there. you guys ever gotten to like come to New Mexico? We have not ghost hunted in New Mexico, and I swear one of our cameras over there somewhere has like a night vision kind of setting, and we're like, we've always joked about it, and we were talking about one, and I'll tell you guys the story here in a little bit that I'd never heard of in, in here in San Antonio. Like the, what, what was the name? The lady in black. Yeah. The lady in black of the, of the, um, our lady of Guadalupe chapel. And right. like, no one really knows where this lady came from. It's suspected that maybe she was a mourner who committed suicide after the death of a family member or something. But whenever she appears, okay. she's, absolutely silent except for like a meditating or a praying or a sobbing that no one really knows what the fuck she's doing 
but there is audio evidence of her doing it and it is like i've listened to it it is so fucking creepy, creepy as fuck right oh you, you need you, to post some of that shit out yeah you need to definitely post some of that stuff out please oh yeah because, no yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get some links out to it because i i know there's tons of like even amateur footage Maybe at the end of the episode like put some fucking up ep- yeah dude that'd be rad yeah like it like Oh my god! It, and then like there's a restaurant like on the corner of where, where of the same road as her, and supposedly okay. there's a little girl who died of tuberculosis in that house that is seen quite often. And, and the like the house is a restaurant now, and it's a really interesting like restaurant because in the middle of the house is a tree growing, and like there's a whole bunch of like crazy shit about the tree. They said like the tree's been there for thousands of years and they built the house around it and shit like that. I don't know if it's like a lot of true stuff or if it's just like, like local versus like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause but how long, I mean, it, like cut the tree down and find out how old the tree is. Right. Yeah. No. And I, of course no one will do, <laughs> do that because the restaurant's a historic no, right? site, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's crazy. Cause they like, they say that a lot of the paranormal activity stems from the tree. Well, at least from what I've heard, like from my grandparents and stuff like that, like the tree is the reason the house has so much bad energy and why the little girl stayed there after her is death. Is your family from like, sorry, we're breaking up a little bit. Is your family from Albuquerque, like long term? Yeah. So um, my family's actually lived in New Mexico and the Albuquerque area since it was called New Spate. Like my family were some of the original okay. conquistadors that came over and like part of my mom's oh, really? family is even That's Pueblo cool. and it's Sandia Pueblo. Um, not enough to claim even native American, but um, there's just blood lines run really deep here. Like even for everyone. Right on. Yeah. So you have like history in that town. So later on when we, when we get to kind of a couple of my stories, that's kind of how my family is with like my little ass town up in New Hampshire. I'll tell some, fun fucking story oh yeah no i can't wait to hear that yeah i love yeah i got so like no keep going on yours absolutely i don't mean to distract on it but it's just like it's interesting when like you have like a a, like a familial connection to a town it's like i moved from new hampshire to arizona and like yeah i lived there for a long time but that's not where my bloodline starts my bloodline kind of comes out of quebec and goes into hampton new hampshire and you know there's a to, long history to put something in on that. Like I'll save it for later, but there's a story because I actually did live in Arizona on the Navajo nation for a little while. And, and I saw some crazy fucking shit out there. So I'll get to that in a little bit after these couple stories I have right on. Yeah. But oh, um, cool. you got it. You got it. Yeah. And then the, the, the next one's actually another really famous haunting is um, I believe um, there's a travel channel show with paranormal stuff. Not, uh, um, what's it called? Not ghost hunters, but there was another one back in like the two thousands. Okay. And they did a episode about him. His name is Bobby Darnell. He haunts the chemo theater in downtown Albuquerque. And it's a little boy who is like an absolute fucking menace. Really? Yeah, no, like, um, <laughs> all right. Another one I'm looking up. His favorite, his snack of choice is donuts. And so that's awesome, but they can't throw him away. And because, of course, he's a ghost, so he can't eat them. So one time they went through and they were cleaning up the theater and they threw all of his donuts away. It'd been years and years upon donuts. And the play 
that they were producing at the time when his donuts got thrown away, he was distracting actors when they were on stage and making them forget their lines. And light bulbs kept exploding throughout the production. So after this whole thing happened, this was probably in like, I believe the 70s or 80s, maybe even the early 90s. They built an altar to him in the back of the theater where they started giving him toys and like ballet shoes and donuts. No shit, really? And it's become a like a tradition for every like play or anything that happens through there to just give him something to keep him from being an absolute little fucking menace. But this kid actually has <laughs> they a throw like a dozen Dunkin' Donuts out there, like sprinkles, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Get him sprinkles. He, he, he's yeah. calm with sprinkles. <laughs> yeah, no, but this little kid actually had a really tragic story. He was there and um, let me pull it up real quick. You get hurt or something and get killed in the theater yeah. or something like that. I was easily, it was easy for me, like Bobby Darnell, it like pulled up for a story. It's at the chemo theater in Albuquerque. Yeah. And this theater something else too, because it was built in 1927. And it, it is like, it, it's like Art Deco-ish, but it's has a New Mexico twist. So it's called Pueblo Deco. Okay. And yeah, that's what it says. Pueblo Deco picture, uh, the picture palace. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, and if you look at the pictures of the interior, there's a whole bunch of like wood carvings on the walls, and there's like bison skulls or bear or um, but sorry, I've been drinking a little bit to guys. It's all right, a little bit. No yeah, no, no, no. Hey, but, uh, by the way, like we worked for about two hours before we recorded the show to get this bitch live, and it just didn't happen. So that's why we're gonna, that's why uh, Jake's gonna do a premiere to on. On Halloween day, we tried everything under the sun that we could try and figure out, and it just didn't happen. But yeah. that is Halloween, right? This is Halloween. This Devil's is, Night this, gets you. Good, Devil's Night, exactly. If anything is going to go wrong, it's going to go for dry lawn. Yeah, no, and like this theater terrified me as a kid because of the decor in it. Like, because the way the skulls are placed. Did you go, have you been there? Yeah, I know. That's where, like, all the plays where I went, like, when I was in elementary school, we were, like, two blocks away from the chemo theater. Oh, shit. So we'd walk over there for, like, to go see little orphan Annie and stuff Gambling. like that. Yeah, was just, <laughs> I saw my first opera there. It was called Telephone. It was written by the Santa Fe Opera. But, um, yeah, and it's kind of crazy because, like, for the longest time, like, I would just sit by my teacher and just stare at the stage because everything around it just scared me. Because the way the skulls are placed up on the top <laughs> rail. Right. Is, um, sorry, I'm getting a call. The way the skulls are placed up on the top rail, the red light that's on top shines through the eyes and makes it look like the eyes are glowing fucking red. So, you know, being a little kid, that's this creepy. is terrifying. And then, then like, I guess. There's how old three... were you back then? Like, how old was that? <sighs> Kindergarten. So like five or six. Oh, shit, like five, six, seven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, That's like awesome. really, really young, just <laughs> terrified of it. And um, but I guess there's actually three spirits that haunt this. I've only known about one and that's little Bobby. But the other two, there's a man who I guess used to be the manager or something of the theater. And he just walks around wearing a suit and a bonnet, like the old Spanish style clothing. Yeah. And the lady... Um, apparently she just stays to herself and just walks around looking at all of the just ordinate. Yeah. Just kind of does her own thing. And yeah, but 
And then there's little Bobby, the only one who has a story. And his story was his parents took him to go see an Abbott and Costello movie in 1951. Um, it's unknown whether they're leaving the theater or if they're going in to go see the movie at the time. But a boiler exploded in the lobby, killing only little Bobby. What the fuck? Yeah. Why is there a boiler in the fucking lobby? Like, like was it, it boiling? It was in the basement, like underneath the lobby, and where he was walking was the part that was destroyed. Ex- yeah, like holy shooting up, like extremely tragic, extremely gra- graphic death. Dear God, that maybe what the that's- fuck is <laughs> like. Come on, man. He's like, I just wanted to see whatever, Evan Costello, whatever, whoever. He just wanted to watch the meat Frankenstein shot through the roof. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, no, so of course he like that's probably where his disdain for anything theater arts Cheers comes to from. Bobby. No, fuck, I'd haunt that bitch too. Pour one out for Bobby. Right, dude? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, no, so Bobby I, Darnell. Yeah, no, I have a cousin that was even in a play at the chemo theater. And really? She, she was probably about like 15, 16 when she was in it. Um, she was a thespian. And so her school like put her in the thing to start the Broadway process. Yeah. And she was telling me a story one time and she was walking around backstage by herself. Yeah. So it's a great idea in a theater built in 1927. What and, are you going to do? I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, yeah, no, she says she saw a little boy sitting at the altar playing with the toys that were on it. And like she scolded no shit. Him. Like she scolded him because she thought he was one of the little brothers of the other people in the play or even one of the kids from no, the play. Fuck. No. And, uh, he it turned her little Bob. I don't like she doesn't know if it was Bobby, but she turned around and the kid had black eyes and she ran away and went and told him that she saw someone playing with the toys. A dead kid. Yeah, yeah. And when playing she, with the fucking <laughs> playing with the hot wheel. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's rad, dude. <laughs> but like they went back and I guess nothing had been moved from the like the place it had been for like 15 years. And they're like, you didn't see shit. They didn't believe her. Yeah, no, because they didn't of believe course her. the ghost going to be like, put it all back. Right? It's like, what, what, what? Fuck them. I'm going to I'm going to. But that's part of that's part of like when you really get down to it, like the history and like ghosts don't want to be seen unless they want to be seen or apparitions or people, you know, they want to be seen to people that are accepting of these things. Right. So there's you got to keep that in mind. Right. Like I think and again, I'll get into some stories where my mom, I think, was very receptive. My mom's passed away a few years back, but. Like, I think she was really receptive to things like to kind of like the goat. Is it ghosts or whatever it is? Like some people can be like that. And when you start thinking about those things and you're able to open up, maybe that girl could, could connect. Right? Yeah, no, like um, it's kind of interesting, too, because my family, because of our deep ties here, we do like there is a lot of documented history. And I guess one of my cousins or something found something way, way back from maybe the early 1900s that one of our great grandmas actually practiced witchcraft. And she was known as a, um, okay. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it, it might not, witchcraft might not be bad. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> right? No, like, um, that, that's kind of my experience with living on the Navajo Nation is there is actually, in reality, two kinds of witchcraft that are used. There is black magic and there is right. white magic. That's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, no, and it, like it said that my grandma practiced white magic because she was known as a healer. Kind of like, have you ever read that book, Bless Me Ultima? Okay, cool, yeah. Like, you know that book, Bless Me Ultima? Did you ever read that by Rodolfo and I? Have not, no. They did a movie about it a few years back, but it's kind of like this lady. Sorry, I had ash floating around. It was bothering me. Um, there's a lady <laughs> uh, who lived, I think, kind of like northern New Mexico area, maybe even the Albuquerque area. It, the book's really vague okay. about the area, but she Which was is a, probably intentional. Yeah, no, because he was he just wanted to, all of New Mexico to feel incorporated with the book. Um, but she was a spiritual healer who was living with a family and kind of like helping them raise their kids because they had two sons who had PTSD from World War II. And she was just kind of grounding okay. them, bringing them back to reality. And like everyone accuses her of being a witch and they like put her on trial and all that kind of thing. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then she disappears. But yeah, but she was kind of known as something like that where they help the community, they help people. Kind of like how a medicine man would or a medicine woman would. That's kind of what I was thinking, right? It's like, that's the community healer type of situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, basically just an elder woman who knows all the herbs that can be used to treat pain and all that. Right, exactly. 100%, yeah. And, cool. and people call that witchcraft because, you know, to some people it is. But if you want to get started on some of your stories now, on, I'm going to save this last sure. one. Sure. Yeah, the man. End. Okay, so my stories are kind of... Again, so my stories are like personal. They're not historics or uh, stories, right? So my stories uh, are like very like shit. Weird shit has happened to me in my life and not just me, like my mom. And again, I kind of mentioned earlier, <clears throat> just a few minutes ago, it's like, I think my mom was probably a little bit open to the other side. And she was always cool about that, right? So my mom also had like a lot of people kind of went through a lot of shit in her life. You know, like we lost my brother when he was 18, 19 years old. Right. Um, that, that's a really tough died in a car accident, especially something right. sudden like that. Like, yeah. Wow. Right. So you have those sorts of things happen. And then it was just a kind of a, there was just like a, I don't want to say there was a lot of tragedy in our lives, but there were like early on, there was some tragedy. Like my mom got divorced from my, my dad later on. And like, this kind of like weird shit happened. Right? But nonetheless, we grew up like she grew up, her and my dad on both sides grew up in a very, very small town called Hampton, New Hampshire. It's not quite that small anymore, but a long time ago, like in the early 70s and shit like that it was a pretty fucking small town so so kind of like a like a northern cape town kind of thing yeah so even smaller like like so our town was incorporated i think if i'm i'm trying to remember like the sign like 1736 right hampton new hampshire right so we've got there's like like Salem witch trials is down the road from like where I grew up in Massachusetts. Like Happening around the same time away. the city was founded kind of thing. Absolutely. Right. So it's a very, it's a sea coast. So it's a very much a port kind of small town. There's a Hampton Harbor. So it's an old, 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 old fishing community that grew up a bit. 
right? And, they, and then we have like Portsmouth and you have some other old towns right around there. Right? Yeah, I've, I've heard of a few <laughs> of these towns, like when they're talking about like, yeah. historical stuff and like old shipping, right. tra- tra- like trade yeah. routes and all that. Absolutely. So like, so kind of historically, we've got old shit that happens in, it's been around for a million years, right? So like one of like, so my family came from uh, Quebec down from uh, France to Quebec down to Northern Maine down to uh, Hampton. And they started, this is like the early 1900s, right? And they built a family motel and it was called, it's called the Blue Jay Motel. My aunt still owns the motel. My grand, my grandmother, my grandfather on my father's side actually built it back in the seventies, I believe 60s, 70s, something like that. Right. Oh, so you, so you got kind of so, like roots run deep. Oh our, yeah. Like we're, we like our family's been there for a hundred years plus right over the, at this point it's over a hundred years. Right. So my, like my, we used to own a, my, and I say we used to, my, my grandparents, my grandmother and grandfather owned a couple houses directly across from the motel. And this is like, a new like it most people won't it's like a new jersey style beach kind of like strip right like you think of like a beach strip it's kind of like, like miami a road not miami it's like a new england miami's like it's just like a mile like loop that goes around right you have a back strip and you have a front strip and then you have houses on all these roads and then you have like like just like storefronts and shit like that right i, I don't know Makes if sense. You- if you're into it, but like kind of like how the town in the latest season of American Horror Story is at the beginning of the season, where it's like just this small, small, small town uh, off the harbor. I've seen thing. that, but it is very close to that. But what happens is during the winter, it'll go from like it'll go to like 30,000 people in this like small seacoast area. Oh, yeah, that's exactly during how summer show is. Summertime, we'll have 500,000 people. Right. So all the people from Massachusetts and Canada and everywhere in between come down and go to the beach and they hang out. There's one and a half miles of actual sand beach in New Hampshire. Right. And then you've got like rocky coastline, the remainder. Right. Okay, so let me get into my ghost stories. So we've got this family motel. It's called the Blue Jay Motel. And I when I moved there was when my dad retired from the Marine Corps. Back in 90, the year after my brother died, and I was close to my, my aunt, um, and I was like, hey, can I get a job? Kind of like helping room clean, do those sorts of things, right? And so I got a job, no problem, of course, my aunt. I'm like doing whatever, maid service kind of shit like that, cleaning rooms, doing those sorts of things. Yeah, kind of the stuff you <clears> give <throat> a teenager off the books kind of stuff. Yeah, like I, we all split the tip money and we did that stuff. This is fucking 30 years ago, right? I'm yeah. 45 years old. Like This is over 30 years ago, right? I'd ride my mountain bike down there and fucking, but their basement was always creepy as fuck. And I never knew why, like the house has been there hundred years or 80 years at that point, you go down in the basement and that's how you go down the basement to get outside and you walk up this little steep set of stairs to go out to the landing. And then that's where the, the motel is, right? So you have the main building and then you have the motel. So you go down there and you just get the fucking willies. Like (laughs) no matter what you get willies. And then my aunt one time told me about this Ouija board story, right? 
So sorry to interrupt, but like, was it one of those basements where like, um, you had to go downstairs to turn on the light? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the, there was a light switch up top, but it was normally when I was there, it was daylight and they have lots of windows. So yeah. like, to go, so the top floor was actually above ground. Like, so there was lots of windows. So it was bright anyway down there. Right. But it was just kind of like this weird feeling, like yeah. this weird feeling like you didn't need to. It wasn't a basement like in New. I'll tell you another story here in a minute about a dark basement. Um, but this one was just like it was just a creepy feeling. But the story about this one. And I've told one other story about this house on my podcast. Um, and I told it just recently, but this one is particular is they had a Ouija board and they did a Ouija board, like a spirit board session. And this is hearsay. So I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Right. <laughs> but they had a spirit board session in the basement. And this is also a basement. Like we've had multiple generations of family members having Christmas in this basement, like, cause it's the biggest room in their entire house. Oh, so it's kind of like a open. It's kind of like the living room, but it is. And it isn't like upstairs, definitely the living room downstairs, creepy fucking basement living room. Right. So it's kind of a weird thing. I'll see if I can get my aunt to send me some fucking pictures. <laughs> so, but it's also part of like where they do all their laundry. So uh, they had a, they were having a, like this is back in the eighties, right? They had a Ouija board session and this is my aunt, my aunt and my aunt. Um, and they were having a Ouija board session and something went sideways and they said, fuck this thing. We, we need to get rid of this. Like something went bad and they like, never told me what kind of like the bad. placard swaying across the Ouija board. Cause I've seen that shit happen in person. That shit is fucked up. Something happened. Right. Like something bad happened, right? And they threw. They said, "Fuck this!" And they folded. The, and it was like back then. It's kind of like a board game because we. Yeah, like no, like, board, it's kind of almost like a board game. Like the Toys R Us ones, where it's just like, bam. And, yeah, it's folded in half. Yeah, and they folded in half. They threw it outside in the dumpster. And this is where it's like, okay, did somebody go grab it, bring it back in, or did it kind of? Who knows, right? Yeah, because we all have, swear they're like, like honestly, anyone that has fucked with the Ouija board has a story where they tried to get rid of it and that motherfucker ended up back with them. And I've fucked with Ouija boards in the past and I won't fuck with them again. But they threw it out. They say they threw it out, and that bitch was in its box, like on the shelf again, right? So you go, okay. That happened, right? But they've had other stories at their house where they were going through like this is one that I told on my show. They had some really dire times like they were like it was like the early 90s. This is when I just met like so my my aunt Mary and my aunt Rose. They're a couple. Right. Um, and I just met my aunt Rose and they were just they just bought the hotel, the motel from my grandparents. And they were just having a like financially there was there was this like what the fuck like we're having a hard time. And they went to bed and one of them said a prayer, right? And you go, and she said, no, no shit. Like I woke up and I needed like a few hundred bucks kind of situation, right? And there was cash on the goddamn like nightstand. And it's much more detailed, but it, there's a lot of those types of things, like weird kind of coincidences that happen at that fucking motel all the time. So I don't think it's a negative kind of entity or anything although there could be 
but I think there's more positivity at that place. Kind of like a, a family ne- member that had been gone for a he's while. He's taking care of him, but he also likes to fuck with you. Oh, kind of kind of like little Bobby, where he's he's not he's harmless, but like he just wants to mess around a bit, right? Does that but, make sense? Like, like, like if you're gonna be here, you're gonna be here on my terms, right? And he's just like, ah, could be my great grandfather who we called him Little Pepe. He was like fucking five foot one, smoked <laughs> cigarettes, also had fucking like the uh, oxygen mask on until he was like a hundred and two years old. So, dude, who knows, those right? those grandpas are the best. I have a great uncle who. They just got him to start vaping, but for the last like <laughs> forty five years, he's been on oxygen since he was forty five years old because he worked in the yeah, mines. Exactly. And just smoking he, cigarettes. He would just sit fucking... there like a train when he was at the casinos, especially at the casinos. He'd turn his oxygen up as he was inhaling the cigarette, and then turn it down as he was exhaling. Jesus and apparently, he'd get high off it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry yeah. for interrupting. But go, so we've go got back the to... creepy basement. We've got the family motel. No, you're good, dude. You're good. So then we, so, so my family, like we're, we're my, like I mentioned a minute ago, I think I mentioned like my dad was in Marines, right? So we moved all over the country, right? Every three years we'd move um, from like, because my dad was a recruiter. So we get PCS to different places. Oh yeah. My, so my uncle went through that. Okay. So we did it for about 20 years, all the way up until I was like 13, 14, something like that. 13, was, I think, was our final one move back. So my parents started in this home t- in the hometown of New Hampshire when we were kids. We moved all over the country, and then we ended up back there. But in the interim, we, we lived in North Carolina. We lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, right? Oh, the home so of Eric my, Tansy. Yep. Well, he's in uh, Wilmington. Uh, Wilmington. Oh, wasn't he a Raleigh police officer or something, though? I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we were in like Raleigh, Durham area. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've been back there. But my mom worked for the Easter Seal Society. Right. Which is just like it's a charity uh, organization for disabled people and stuff like that. Kind of like ARCA. But yeah, I think so. It's been a long time since I've actually looked him up. But yeah, I think so. But they li- they had an old ass building, like old, 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 like 1700s. Like, you get, keep in mind, like East Coast is fucking old, dude. Like this building's from like the 1800s and shit like that. So they she had and she was a one of the like secretaries there that they would stay to the close and close the building. But they had dirt floor basements with all their like. Oh, yeah. Like, old colonial America. Like, colonial america perfect way to put it yeah like that's that's kind of interesting you say that because um a lot of the places in that like that old town i was talking about they were actually dirt floors at first that they built yeah wood floors over like right ten, ten and inches they just over. put a little rise on them or something like that and just right yeah and that was it so at this old Easter sales. And I'd been there. I, I still remember the building. And I think I was like probably 10 or 12 or something like that ish. Um, lots of, lots of, lots of like double hung door, like double, you know, office kind of doors, whether you have two doors. Well, every one of them was alarmed. And she would often say that like the door in the back would, would 
open, even though it's closed and locked, it would open up by the time she got to the front of the building to set the alarm or she'd set the alarm and then one would open up. Right. So that, that kind of happened. But we, when we lived in North Carolina, one came home and I call it the kind of the peeing ghost. Right. <laughs> and it's an interesting one. So my, my dad, like I said, was a recruiter and he traveled a lot all over North Carolina, you know, to go do recruiting. Events. Yeah, no, because they, they're especially in like, I feel like North Carolina is probably a pretty rural state. Right. So there's probably not. A well, lot I of mean, we lived there. in a big city, but yeah, we lived in a big city. Raleigh, no, it, Durham. It's like one of those big cities, like kind of like how New Mexico is, where there's only, like the recruiting stations in Albuquerque or Santa Fe and everyone else really has to come in to do it. And then, yeah, so he'd go out to like high schools outside or something like, right? I mean, kind of like, yeah, exactly. Kind of one of those situations. So Make the Marine Corps look cool to high school students and all that. Right. Yeah. And my dad was, but my dad was an E9. So my dad was as high as you can get. Oh, so he, he had that real impressive rank on his, on his uniform. He was as so. high as you could get as an, as a recruiter. So he ran. So he was just else. peacocking everywhere he went with his uniform. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you I, I mean, that's the guys you want recruiting for you because, like, you know, with, all, with all the awards years, yeah. and all that. Yeah, and he, yeah, so he did all the stuff. Um, but what happened is, like, we were there one time, and we call this the peeing ghost, right? And I was a little boy. I think I was probably like ten ish. My brother was fourteen. So my brother, my brothers were or are like my brother, Joe is four, three and a half, four years older than me. My brother, Chris was uh, five years older than me. Right. So um, my brother, we had a tri-level house. So it's like one of those houses, like here, here and here. Right. Okay. So you go up, you go up like a small set of stairs, you're on a landing and then you go up another set of stairs and you're upstairs kind of thing. Right. And that's where our bedrooms are kind of like up here. Right. Yeah. So we had a Jack and Jill bathroom. Like my bedroom was across from this bathroom and then you had, it opened up directly to my mom's room. There's a reason I'm saying that, right? Okay. So my mom was in bed by herself. My, my father was out of town on, there's a lot leading up to this. My father was out of town on a recruiting trip, right? Yeah. She literally heard what she thought was Joe, who was at the end bedroom get up and go pee but she said that's not a 14 year old pee right because like there's a difference between yeah there's like a difference a between a man piss and a 14 year old pee yeah it's like a man and a boy and a there piss. is and if you don't know what that means like right it just <laughs> yeah no like, like it's flow what, what? volume and all the other stuff right one's like it's a weird T-T-T-T. the other one's like a full-on pouring a water bottle and the other one's like so she goes, what the fuck? She's like, Joe, go back to bed, right? Something like that. And then so she kind of turned over and that door faced directly towards her bed. And then what she felt next, she was laying on her right side, is somebody climb into bed with her, right? But my dad was gone, so she expected it to be my brother or my 14-year-old brother is not getting in bed with my goddamn 39-year-old mom at the time, right? Yeah. So she turns over, and there's nobody there, right? So you're like, what in the fuck? So creep factor. Same house, 
different experience. Can I interrupt between Joe, that story? Who does not believe in... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, I have a pretty crazy story about something similar like that. So me and my ex, we lived in this apartment complex. And we were the last ones left in the building. Like, everyone else had moved out. Okay. And something started fucking with us really, really bad. And um, one time, I was... I, we, were, we were working at the airport at the time, so we were going in real early in the morning. She had to be at work by 3.45. Okay. I had to be at work by 4 in the morning. Shit, yeah, that's early. Yeah, yeah. so we're, we were leaving the house at witching hour every single fucking morning. Okay. And I had forgot my badge to get, because you had to have a badge to work in the airport because safety shit. I yeah. forgot my badge yeah. in the... Yeah, yeah like Beth and I have badges, yeah. And I forgot my badge on the the... Um, nightstand so I went back inside to go grab it and she saw a hand peek out the window and wave at her through the blinds as I that would looked exactly like my hand had the same tattoo on the wrist and everything no fucking way as I was walking up to the car and, and I saw the blinds swinging closed as I was fucking walking up isn't that creepy fucking shit dude no dude again yeah yeah it's fucking weird right I, I, they're like See you later. Have a good day. And they took your form on. It's fucking weird. Weird shit like that happens on a regular basis. It's like people don't pay attention or they just dismiss it. And it, it, you have to you have to remember it because it'll, I swear to God, like you'll forget about it. You'd be like, oh, that never happened. And then you'll forget about it. Yeah. You know, and, and then you'll add it up later on and you'll be like, oh. Or you just, you dismiss it. You know what I mean? But no, it's creepy, dude. It's creepy shit. I've got one. So let me tell you this story real quick. So. All right. So we got the P goes. So this was this happened in. Um, and again, we've got like my family's got. A lot of like mirrors bouncing off walls and like. Oh, I hate that, that shit. My, gra- my grandpa has that in his house. And he has so much activity in there, and he doesn't understand why. I'm just like, dude, take down mirrors, cover them, just do something. And they, but so these are like, and again, it's at my, like the mirror thing is at like my aunt's house, right? Like this one, this mirror story is at my house that I lived at when I grew up. So this was, and I'm there, I've never been afraid of ghosts. Like, I'm not going to be afraid of ghosts or going to be afraid of paranormal shit, like, period. I'm not. Like, you hear bumps and you hear, like, there's been random pictures that have tipped over, like, and stuff like that. But I see things like that personally as, like, it's my mom saying, like, hey, it's Beth's mom, who she doesn't necessarily is like, hey, I'm still here. We're hanging out. You're doing good. Kind of. That's honestly, the way I look. Honestly, I've gotten to a point whenever I get fucked with like that. I'm just like, stop. Cut it out. You're not funny. And it's, it stops for a little I don't, while. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on your pers- your perspective on it. So I don't worry about it. This one back in, this was when I was a little, I, I, I call it a little kid. Like everything's a little kid compared to me. I'm 45 years old now. Yeah, no, like I'm probably a little kid to you. Like I'm only 23, so. No, you're not though. But it's like, I'm 45. So like this was when I was like 18 or something like that, right? Um, no, but absolutely not. So, but what happened was, is so in New Hampshire, if you know what a Cape style house is, right? It's, yeah, it's very like the- much a. 
It's just a fucking cookie cutter frame house, right? Like you have a stairway that goes straight up the middle. Kindergarten would draw kind of thing, huh? Yep. Two. Yeah. Two windows out the front, two on the side, two on the back, right? Two bedrooms. Stairway goes down the middle and meets the front door. And then you have your here's your living room and here's your kitchen and your dining room. That kind of. So that's just kind of gave a, a layout of it. But at our house, we had on the so if you're facing the front of the house, we had a couple of recliners in the back and then the couch along the wall where the staircase went up. And then over right to the left of the like the front door, there was a mirror that you could reflect and see up the stairs. So just oh. picture that, right? Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I see exactly what you're over about. here. And you can see up the stairs and i never had this happen to me before and my mom rationalized it right so and like i still remember this shit like it happened yesterday i was sitting there watching just fucking watching tv and it was it was daylight it was absolute daylight right it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and oh so it's like i just brightest hottest time of day peak daylight yeah and it was like fall time and normally i'm out skateboarding i think i was just in i was just chilling on the recliners like watching tv for a little bit or something like that my mom was literally directly beside me in the kitchen like through the little hallway or a little passage like whatever the so, so like the way the you're right. describing it is kind of like the amityville horror house in my head it is way simpler than it's literally one story two story <laughs> room here room here hallway up directly over the hallway up from the front door is below that is a hallway down to the basement and that's it yeah it's simple it's the most simple it's called it's basically a cape style house right yeah so i look and like something catches my eye i was like what the fuck and i no shit saw a fucking set of feet and legs start walking down the fucking stairs and i was like what in the fuck and then it got to a certain point and i fucking bolted my mom was literally in the kitchen like 20 feet away from me 30 feet away from me right and i was like holy shit and my mom said i was pale white right ghost white i was like there's something what there's someone walking down the stairs She's like, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't worry. There's nobody up there. And she went and went on the corner and she looked. She was like, there's nobody there. Again, my mom was like the perfect person to have this comment, like to have this <laughs> around, right? Because she was so open to those sorts of things. Like, I bet you something, because I'm talking so much about my mom tonight, I bet you something comes up. Like, something will happen. It's going to be a weird fucking. My wife sounds here is probably going like goofball, but I bet you something weird will happen tonight. Because I'm putting so much energy towards her, and I believe this shit. Like I, yeah, full no, force like, believe this stuff. I have a story at the end that I know my grandmother's gonna fuck with me because of because it's her story. And Good. like, let's get onto your story. That's those those are my stories. It was like because they're personal. I've got other stories that we could do another show about. But I mean, those are some of the kind of the personal stories. And like, yeah, let's hear yours, man. Let's hear yours. Yeah, no, so. um Growing up here in New Mexico, um, for my New Mexico listeners, I know I have a few. Um, you, you guys are going to recognize this story. You might even recognize this story too, Greg. Um, it's the story of La Llorona. Okay. Um, 
yeah i you told me about that a little bit earlier yep. yeah yeah no so the director of the conjuring uh, like the conjuring universe even did a movie about la llorona but it's not true to the new mexico version oh, of the that's story that's why i know the name of it yeah but that's why i know the name of it right yeah no universal studios for their horror nights even did a haunted house themed after la llorona but sorry i'm just getting a little comfortable to tell this story because mm-hmm. this one's kind of a, a banger for locals here got it nice but the the thing is every family every grandma kind of has their own rendition of it i, I don't know if there's anything like that where you're from but i don't think so specifically like to this yeah it, it, it really comes down. Yeah, no, you go on. All right. So the version I was told growing up is from my Nana. Um, my Nana's name was Erlinda Garcia. And so every family kind of used her last name in it. So, of course, hers is going to be you. So so back in the 1500s, when New Mexico was still called New Spain, with a pop, there was a popular farming family in northern New Mexico called the Garcias. And one winter, they had a daughter named Maria. As Maria grew, she became the most beautiful girl in the whole area, and all the boys yearned for her attention. And Maria, being a smart girl, knew she was the most beautiful girl in town. And being from a well-known family who was well-off didn't help. And as she grew, so did her ego. And she started believing she was better than all the people from her town. So when all the boys would attempt to court her, she would reject them, saying, No, I am too good for any man from this village. And one hot summer day, her and her mother were shopping in the plaza when a group of soldiers were riding through. One of the soldiers who was on the bright, on the tallest white horse she had ever seen, wearing the shiniest armor she had ever seen, started calling out to her. And Maria, being flattered, knew that by the way his armor looked and the way his horse was, that he had to be of noble blood. So she fell into his advances. This man was named Diego Jose Trinidad de Vaca. And he was from Spain. And of course, to Maria's utter delight, was the son of a noble family. Diego and Maria eventually started courting. And of course, they married. And at first, Diego and Maria were so happy and so inseparable. And after the first year of their marriage, they had a son. His name was Miguel, named after Diego's father, who still was back in Spain, living his life. About a year after Diego was born, they had a daughter. Her name was Juanita. Around the time their daughter was born, Diego received a letter from Spain saying that his father had become ill. And... Diego, knowing the trip to the new, from the New World back to Spain was a very treacherous one and a very long one, especially coming from New Mexico back to Spain. It, you have to go through a lot to go back. Um, he decided not to take his family. As the months went by, Diego didn't write to Maria, and she grew very, very lonely, waiting for him to come back. After about a year and a half, Maria was dress shopping for her sister's wedding when a carriage pulled into the plaza. To her utter surprise, it was Diego. 
In her excitement, she began to ran across, run across the plaza. About halfway across, he reached his hand out, and a beautiful woman stepped out. Excitement turned to rage, as Maria, and when Maria reached them, she began to yell. Diego got her to calm down and explained that he was leaving her for a childhood friend that he had reunited with at his father's funeral. And he was only back in town to claim his children. Maria was heartbroken and furious. How could he do this to me? I'm she got most... burn the whole goddamn city down, huh? Oh, yeah. No, she was she was mad. <laughs> right. I'd be pissed, too. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, Burning no this bitch down gone for a year. She was raising the kids. <laughs> yep, <laughs> everything's burning, motherfucker. All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Maria was heartbroken and furious. How could he do this to me? The most beautiful woman in New Spain. Her pain quickly turned into anger, and she decided the only way to get back at him was to take from Diego the only thing he had come back for. Murder that bitch. Oh, the kids. Oh, it, fuck. She's going to kill the kids, huh? She's going to kill the kids, right? In She's her, killing the kids. In her rage, after the sun had set, she took the children down and told them oh, that they were going to go wash clothes it. down at the river. She strangled all those kids? <laughs> well, in her rage. Is this Maria, like a choose your own adventure? What's happening here? Uh, no, no. Like This is, a, this is the true story. So in, in, her, right. in her rage, Maria threw the children into the river. As she let go of them, she came to and realized what she had done. And began screaming out, mijitos, mijita, or in English, my, child, my son, my daughter, and was yelling this, chasing them down the river. She lost sight of them and kept Listen, running. Listen, lady, you fucked up. She had been running, for, she had been running for about a minute when she tripped she on a root. She's like, I need a drink. She, Maria had tripped on a root and bashed her head on a rock. Killing her instantly. No, come on. Come on. She was found Legit. by she was found by some locals who had heard her screaming because she had they had heard splashing and then a woman screaming for her kids. She thought maybe they thought maybe a kid had got swept away by the river. They found Maria bloody and dead. And the normal process happened. Did the they, kids swim out? They're like, we're fine, dude. No, the, the kids they were drowned. Never, the kids were never seen again. God damn it. She was buried. And now the they're like. She was, she was buried in the cemetery of the church. And the night she was buried. They heard. Mijito. Mijita. A woman wailing along the, the, the bank of the river for her children. They looked out. And they went to investigate and they saw Maria was walking up and down the bank in the river, calling for her children who she had thrown in and lost. The next morning, the people of the village gathered at the church, demanding the priest that she be excavated and buried in a different cemetery. She'd be buried somewhere else because the only reason her soul could be restless was that she was a bruja or in English, a witch. So the priest against the family's will removed Maria.